Fanny Pack Wrestling is a proud member of Diamond Club and the Freaking Awesome Network. Check out more great content at diamondclub.tv and freakingawesomenetwork.com. amigos and welcome back once again to the fanny pack wrestling podcast we're back and hopefully better than ever i'm peter rave your man with no plan here with me as always is my tag team partner david jeffrey majors aka djm how you doing djm i am doing much better than the last time we did an episode of the fanny pack wrestling podcast pd rave Rumors of DJM's demise have been somewhat exaggerated, but the good ship fanny pack shall ride once again. Yes. Let's talk wrestling. But we won't ride on hoverboards uh, at all. Uh, yet. Yet. Uh, we're here once again gathered. It's episode 50. 50 episodes. Took us three years to get to 50 episodes but we're I'm here sorry pd i'm sorry it's, uh, it's partly me too, and you know? the job and stuff and my job and then like the busyness and you you didn't you didn't have but, a fire did you no i didn't have a fire okay good uh, getting to 50 is better than not getting to 50 exactly uh we're here to talk about wrestling again and we're once again uh you know using this episode once again to talk about uh Illinois wrestling. Another example of some Illinois wrestling. Uh, but before we talk about what we're talking about, let's talk about, talk about who we're talking about it with. Uh, Deej, who we got on the show today? Joining us on the program this episode is returning champion, uh, contractually obligated to be on this show uh, or other shows as long as I'm around, Mr. Jerry Vin, a.k.a. JVZ. What is going on, JVZ? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me back. Thanks for coming on. And yeah. also, to your internet right, which is my internet left, Joining us from the great state of Ohio, co-host of the Record Breakers podcast, a Mr. Drew Snyder. What's up, Drewcifer? Not too much. How you folks doing this evening? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're doing good. We're hanging out. We're talking about wrestling. And we're talking about a promotion out of the Illinois area, out of the greater Chicago area, 
uh, known as AAW Pro Wrestling Redefined. Uh, All-American Wrestling. That's what AAW stands for. Uh, it's a... It's a, a, a Deej, what do you know about AAW? Uh, I'm not as familiar. Oh, well, well Petey, I think you were doing great just then. Uh, why don't you continue? <laughs> yes. Uh, AAW... Uh, <laughs> What I know by AAW is they're an Illinois promotion. Uh, interesting promotion. They do the no DQ thing. They do the no uh, count out thing, uh, which is fascinating. Uh, but yeah, they have a lot of names that you're going to notice uh, and be familiar with if you are familiar with Chicago wrestling, uh, to say the least. And Northeast independent wrestling and, and a, few, a few extras as well. Uh, and if you, like me, know a thing or two about the Midwest indie wrestling scene, you might see and hear some some favorites. Yeah. Uh, the event, of course, if I haven't mentioned, is the Chaos Theory, their annual event uh, to start off the, the year. I will say I was a little disappointed that Doug Williams, British wrestler Doug Williams, was not on the show to execute his, his signature finish, the Chaos Theory. Look, the rolling tried. The rolling German suplex for those of you scoring at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll ask, uh, I'll start with Drew. Drew, what expectations did you have uh, before you started this event? Um, before I started, all that I was told was, hey, coming on the show again, and I was shoved this. Um, and when I'm not given too much of a primer on any uh, podcast I'm doing, whether it be this one or the uh, aforementioned Record Breakers, it could mean one of two things. One, I'm about to be surprised. Or it means one thing. I'm about to be surprised. The two things is, it's either by how how good it is, or how absolutely hot garbage the entire thing is. And when I say garbage, I don't mean the 90s band with the chick with yeah. the hair. No, no, nothing to do with Shirley Manson at all. Uh, back. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry. Uh, when I gave you this uh, event, when I invited you so many days ago, hours Yesterday. ago, in yesterday. 1990s, uh, did you have any expectations? Though? I, I like, like Drew, I didn't never told you what it is. So, uh, so I mean, right away, it was sort of one of those things where it was like, oh, I guess <laughs> sounds like they had another guest cancel again. Um, <laughs> and, uh, no, yeah, that, so that totally that kinda... didn't happen. <laughs> that did not yeah, happen at all. Yeah, that's always, I, I always know that's the case when it's last minute, and that's fine. Uh, I enjoy being on here. So, any well, chance next I get. time you're on, so, JVZ, next I, time you will be the first person we ask. Well, I mean, sometimes it, it gives me the chance to get exposed to a lot of different ones because uh, I, I know sometimes you kind of, you guys pick certain shows for certain guests, and so sometimes when I get shows that are meant for other guests it's something that um i don't necessarily expect to see and um yeah so this uh i i did look it up a little bit because um i i looked it up to see who was on the card to get an idea of what to expect so i had probably a little bit more uh, insight into it than drew did when he started watching mm-hmm. trying to watch these blind personally so yeah you did <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, so do, I, I, I knew that it was, it was a pretty star-studded lineup for the show. There are a lot of names that I recognized. And if I, since I don't normally watch a lot of indie wrestling, it, when I see names that I recognize on the card, then I know um, 
Yeah. I, I, I have a much better idea of what to expect just because it, the fact that I recognize them shows that these are um, more veteran names. Yeah. Uh, we start off the show with a couple of names. Uh, somebody that you will know if you know Midwest Wrestling and somebody you'll know if you've heard us talk about any show on this podcast for a while. Uh, we have... DJM's favorite wrestler, Drew Gulak. <coughs> there are a lot. There are a lot of guys on the show that I'm not exactly in love with. However, one person that opened up this event was none other than Mr. Dave Prezak on commentary. Man, yes, yes. Dave Prezak, formerly the play-by-play man for Ring of Honor, owner and promoter of Shimmer Women's Wrestling. Uh, he is one of the original members of the Chicago crew, a.k.a. the Gold Bond Mafia, a.k.a. the Midwest guys, consisting of Prezak, Chris Hero, Colt Cabana, and that one dude that's trying to be in the UFC now. Well, you all know who he is. Uh, but, uh, yeah, th- this, this definitely took me back to my mid-2000s indie wrestling roots hearing Dave Prezak on commentary. But we're going to talk about the commentary a little bit later, aren't we, P.D. Rafe? Yes, we're going to talk about the commentary a little bit later. We might have some uh, allegories to say about the commentary. Uh, But the opening contest was Drew Gulak, uh, somebody we talked about on the show before, for sure, and taking on uh, Lewis Linden, a guy who you'll know if you you know Midwest independent wrestling, especially about he's a Michigan guy. Yeah, he's, he's a Michigan, Michigan guy. guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Drew, what was your first impression as the show started rolling along, and what did you think of the first contest? Um, well, if I can, if I can borrow, the the first match kind of has to set you up, right? You have to kind of want to watch the rest of the matches, so you have to set up with something good. And I think this match was really, really solid. Uh, you have a guy that the commentators, as a non-indie wrestling uh, fan, uh, you have a guy that commentator set up as like new to this promotion, new to uh, all American wrestling. So you have that, but he's obviously a name that everybody knows um, from the scene, and you sort of set him up to be the one that um, you root for. But at the same time, like the crowd, you're split. They're both good wrestlers they're both solid wrestlers there wasn't a lot of like play as far as neither of them felt like the heel and so you just were interested in some like good solid showmanship which you got from a match like this um so from this match i was like okay we're gonna we're gonna see some solid wrestling we might get a little bit of that ecw flair of oh they're just not going to be in the ring for the next like three minutes and they're just going to yeah. do weird stuff outside of it. That's fine. Like, and yeah. I'm down for that sometimes. So, yeah. but you got some, you got some good stuff here. So it was exciting to say the least to get into the rest of this, that everything was shot. Well, the commentary was good. Like we were setting up for a wrestling promotion that I wasn't going to hate watching, which is yes. good. <laughs> uh, there was, there was a lot to like about the, the production value and, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the way that kind of was all set up really well. Uh, I did enjoy, uh, for all that we kind of poke fun at Drew Gulak for, I did enjoy his song choice, uh, to, to coming out to tell it to my heart. Uh, though they did cut it off, uh, before it got into the hook, which made me a little sad and actually made me pause the video to go watch it on YouTube 
just so I can give myself the satisfaction of just <laughs> dancing along with it on my own. Before Not the to... first interesting choice of theme songs, entrance music for the evening. No, yeah, it's not the last. Yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be more choices after this, uh, both for theme songs and for props. Uh, but JVZ, what was your first impression, and what did you think of the opening contest? Uh, I I have to echo what Drew said. Um, pretty much every time I come on the show, I complain about the same things. It's like I I don't. I don't know who these guys are um, and commentary is doing a shit job of telling me who they are. And this time it was a lot different. Um, it's, you know, they, they gave, uh, I mean the pr- production values that showed me who each wrestler was. So during the rest of the match, I wasn't confused on who was who. And um, again, and, shout out to Dave Prezak. Mm-hmm. Dude's yeah, a pro. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I could definitely tell the commentary was kind of a step above what I was normally used to. The the guys weren't arguing with each other the entire time. They were uh, (laughs) kind of, they were, um, which I I understand why other promotions do that, where they have the the play-by-play commentator and then the the bad guy commentator. And uh, um, just to have that conflict, to emphasize the conflict. But here, I think it, I mean, for somebody unfamiliar with the product, I feel like that, would be kind of distracting. So here everything was geared towards, um, towards making sure that the viewer understood what was going on, which is really their job. So, um, so I enjoyed that part of it. I enjoyed that they were easing me into this, um, talking about the history of these wrestlers, talking about the fact that one of these is, uh, a staple of AAW and the other one is an outsider, um, who's kind of trying to get in and trying to get a foothold. So, um, yeah. yeah yeah so that 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 familiarity he, he uh, might drew gulak might be crawling his way in uh, almost as if he were an ant yes yeah. there there that's a good there's a good point to make there though um we're both out me and jvz are both outsiders to the indie wrestling scene and there's a thing in podcasting scott johnson harps on it a lot is that for the regular listeners you sometimes feel like you're repeating yourself because you keep introducing who the hosts are and who the guests are and all that sort of stuff. But you have to treat everything like there's a first timer coming in that has no clue. And these, that's what these commentators did was maybe there's a first timer that has no fucking idea who Drew Gulak is. (laughs) Like you have to treat that. Like there's, there's those people in the audience. You have to win them over. You have to make them a mark. Yeah. Like, I had heard of Drew Gulak, but uh, I had never heard of Lewis Linden. Um, mm-hmm. And he's supposed to be the guy that's familiar to AAW viewers. Uh, but I, I think commentary did a good job of introducing both of them as if nobody had ever heard of them before. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, that's a, that's a very yeah, good it, point. And I think, yeah, DG, you would, you would agree that that's a good point about, you know, making sure that you have the, 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 introduction and that good information for the new listeners like when i uh introduce myself every time and i remind people that i have no plan you know just letting new people know not to expect me to have it together and have it all planned out just you know right off the bat we we got to work on that now, now that we're back we you're we're gonna have you start planning some stuff yeah hey i, I did this overlay you know which is nice. Progress. 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 
so, let's progress know. to the next match yes progress to the next match uh it was listed on smart my video as a three-way but it was more of a handicap match uh and it was more of an exhibition uh to kind of uh, show off this is a little bit of a squash match we have congo kong uh taking on dan o'hare and wheeler utah uh congo kong was an interesting character to say the least right deej uh- Yes, and crazy thing, Petey, I actually think that last year at a convention in Indianapolis, I think I actually met Congo Kong. And now recalling it, it was like, oh, so yeah, that's Congo Kong. And uh, now that I have seen Congo Kong in the ring, he is about what I expected. Uh, (laughs) This match, I just want to say another shout out to Dave Prezak. Because he threw in a reference to WWF superstars from the mid '90s, and a <laughs> shout out to Kamala the Ugandan Giant. Yeah. So, yeah, again, Dave Prezak with the obscure wrestling references that just make me giggle. Dave yes. Prezak is awesome. Yes, Dave Prezak is awesome. Uh, what did you guys think, Drew? What, what did you think of the the, the little show off? <laughs> the I always love a. Uh, a handicap match because it's always I am big Lummox bruiser. I will beat up little guy. And that's what you get like every single time, which is always hilarious to me as a human being. Um, because about the time, like there was the Hardy boys and the big guy that they rolled with. Um, I want to say Rafiki, but that's from the Lion King. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? You mean Rish- Rikishi? Yeah, I think you're thinking Rikishi. it was too cool. Woo! Oh, that, no. that was too cool. No. I love- oh, Drew. It was no. too cool? Yes, it was too cool. I'm getting my uh, wrestling history messed up. <laughs> yeah. but, that, but what I was going to say was, that was about the time that I rolled out of wrestling, was like that era. Um, so it was, it was that sort of thing, where you got like that big lummox, that was battling like the little guy, but he was big and strong and like the mysterious big strong guy. And that I don't know, something about that always makes me laugh. Because yeah. it's something that's oh, of course just that's, ridiculous. That is pro wrestling at its finest. That's oh, yeah. something that you can only get from the genre of pro wrestling. And this this was terrific. This was really well done. Uh until the bad guys came in and interfered post match. Oh. Uh, easy Congo Kong and this entire segment. What did, what did you think of it? I mean, the first thing I thought was, oh, I guess we, we're still doing characters like Congo Kong now. Um, that was kind of news to me. I, I think yeah, that, that never <laughs> stopped happening. It won't. It won't because everyone knows. Anyone that has a love of pro wrestling knows that that is something that can never go away because it is part of what wrestling is. It is that ridiculousness. Well, it's not necessarily the ridiculousness, but the uh, kind of the the foreign exotic culture character. Oh, in particular. that the will never slight, go away. The slight racism. In an I will tell you. That, that's that's basically even, it. I, 
I, even today, in the year 2016, on Monday Night Raw with WWE, with how obsessed they are with their image and PR, uh, take the Usos, for example, yes. Jimmy and Jay, you will still see some heel tag team or some heel wrestler try to headbutt them. Yes. And, and both Jimmy and Jay Uso will no-sell it. Yes. <laughs> It happens with Tamina, too. I don't know if it's happened with Roman Reigns, but yes, the never headbutt a Samoan joke still happens. Yes. Because it's it's a wrestling trope. I I mean, I can understand that as an inside joke. Yeah. um, That that uh, more attentive fans would recognize. But um, I don't know. It it just kind of surprised me to see this. Uh, the, the, he's from the his Congo. His name was Congo Samoan. Yeah. Is he from the Congo or is he Samoan? Which is I'm, what I'm confused on. He's this exotic character from the I, 1800s, basically. I guess <laughs> it's because like, nowadays he's the one that's doing this gimmick and owning it. But back in the day, the promoter or the booker would have put that gimmick I, on him. I guess I, I think I kind of blamed the promotion for this when yeah I think you, yeah you're right this is uh, this was something that was his choice so I guess now yeah. I feel better about it in a way but it's um, but back in still, the day it, that would have not been the case because yeah. Vince McMahon tried to make Tony Atlas Salva Simba and that didn't work out so how <laughs> did it no even the even the com- even half of the commentary didn't buy it. <laughs> That's Tony Atlas. Don't tell me nothing about Sabo Simba. That's Tony's like, shut up. It's like, he's like, we're, we're in the case of Congo Kong, and I'm recalling talking to him. He's owning this gimmick. This is what he wanted to do. Uh, almost as a... Like a throwback. A of, as a throwback and a kind of way of allowing everyone to kind of be okay with it. Yes. We can all okay. be okay well, with I, it. I, Respect. Yes. Man for that. Uh, yeah, as far as the match goes, it, it was uh, pretty for a squash match. For a squat squash match, it was uh, pretty entertaining. Um, he he got to show off how quick he is, despite his size, which is something that's always nice to see when you're dealing with big guys wrestling small guys. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think. Did a good job of making Congo Kong look good, which strong. plays into later. Congo in Kong looks strong. Congo uh, Kong, yes. And then uh, later on, in, at the end of the segment, Congo Kong was attacked by Rush Jones and Rush Jones, Ryan yes. Boss. And Rush Jones, the other big fella, hit Congo Kong with the F five. So yes. it looks like we've got a. A big man battle looming between yes, those two. Yes. Uh, Rush Jones, which we've talked, somebody who we've talked about on the show before. We've talked about how he invokes, uh, you know, he, he kind of uh, harkens back to kind of Taz back in the day, uh, and we talked about how how good he harnesses that style. Uh, I think we were talking about it on Resistance Pro the last time we talked about Resistance Pro. And we were we were impressed with him then, so it's going to be interesting to look forward to you know Russ Jones versus Congo Kong, and then going back and forth as as big hosses, you know, uh, Taz versus Kamala. You know, <laughs> speaking of uh, uh, gimmicks like that, the Taz Maniac versus Kamala. Uh, oh God! <laughs> uh, but moving on, we got some ladies now. 
Uh, no, uh, just a second. Uh, oh, I yes. did want to talk about. Uh, I, I really liked PD the the promo segment. Yes. Uh, in between these, uh, where we saw Eddie Kingston, a personal favorite of mine and the current AAW champion, uh, and Trevor Lee, his challenger for the evening. Uh, it started with. Trevor kind of being asked by the company to do a promo, but he needed to go into the locker room to change. And uh, the king was there, Eddie Kingston. And I thought this was really well done because it kind of built up that awkward tension for the main event. I thought this was pretty cool and really well done. It was something that you don't see in wrestling very often. You just kind of see one guy doing the typical wrestling promo and then maybe the other guy doing the promo. But this this was actually pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, JVZ, what, what did you yeah. think of this? For, for someone like me who knows or who doesn't understand the feud that's going on between these two, um, it was good to see that early on in the show and see as like a teaser for the main event. Like here's the guy who's part of the main event and he's showing up. And now this other guy that he's supposed to be wrestling is is uh, is there in his locker room. Um, and just harassing him before the show even starts. So you already see there's tension right there. You, you see uh, that by the time we get to the main event, these two are going to be really, really pissed off at each other. Uh, yeah. So I think it does a good job of setting the stage. Yeah, it does a good job of kind of the, it's well acted uh, natural animosity. Like you know, like like yes, it was. Two that was who, another thing that struck me. Was yeah, and and PD, I have who don't I like have, each other actually meet up. You know, <laughs> and I have sung the praises of Eddie Kingston for years and years and years. You yeah. will not find a better promo. And the guy, when he's on in the ring, he's as good as anybody. So, I think this was just a testament to. Eddie Kingston, as good as he is, and Trevor Lee as well. He's he, he's very very young, but he's he's making a name very quickly. Years uh, old, which is crazy. He's making a name very quickly on the indies. Yeah, Drew. Well, what did you think of the of the quick little segment? Um, the promo should always do one thing, and that should set up who you want to hate. This does that very well. Um, but the part that was funny to me was that. You could have led in to the promo without the guy saying, I'm not going to cut a promo and then immediately essentially cutting a promo by having the fight with this guy. Um, but well, there, there's a difference between a promo and a segment. This true. was a segment. Fair enough. This was a segment. Fair enough. Um, it just it just was funny to me. It was like, oh, I don't want the camera. And then the camera just follows in anyways, which kind of makes the cameraman also a douchebag <laughs> uh, as well as Kingston. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but like it, it does give you the, okay, there's going to be a title match at the end of this event. You see the guy with the belt. You see that he's a douche. You don't want him to win. And you sort of get that right early on. Like, so you have that in the back of your mind for the rest of the, the card, which I think is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that leads into, like I said, the the ladies uh, tag team contest with uh, the incomparable Allison K uh, with her teammate Brittany Blake taking on Team Lovely, uh, Heidi Loveless and Kimberly. Uh, of course, Kimberly is somebody I've talked about extensively, and Heidi Loveless, who and Heidi Loveless, someone who, I've talked about extensively. Yes, uh, who I, we both love. Uh, Allison Kay, who's fantastic. Uh, she is. Yes. She's fantastic. 
And Brittany Blake she, she really shined in this match from yes. start to finish. Uh, and Brittany Blake impresses as well. Uh, tag team contest first with the ladies, uh, the ladies grapplers, as it were. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, JVZ, what did you think of this contest? Uh, I thought it was definitely a good match between these four competitors. Um, I I was familiar with Kimberly. And that was pretty much the only one. Uh, but, I mean, Heidi Loveless definitely stood out to me as just at least an interesting character who is just a little bit different than than the the rest of them. And uh, and then the, the commentary did a really good job of of uh, making it clear that she had a, a real bone to pick with, with Allison Kay and uh, how important the interaction between the two of them during the match was. Um, and then everybody else was kind of a, um, they've kind of hitched their wagons to this feud, but, uh, these two are the central pieces. And, uh, so, so then by, by the end of the match, when Heidi Loveless gets the pin on Allison Kay, then, um, it becomes a really big deal. And, and then that was further driven home towards the end of the show when there was another one of those promos spliced in. Yeah. Uh, which we'll get to at, kind of at the end of, of the, the talk. But yeah, they, they kind of uh, followed up with it later on in the video uh, after the show was over. Uh, Drew, what did you think of the ladies' tag team contest? Um, good match overall. The commentary, again, uh, like JVZ said, I feel like we're aping each other a lot. But <laughs> the, the, the commentary here was very uh, very good in setting up the, the feud. Um, Blake... Um, was set up as sort of a newcomer, someone trying to make her name and sort of came on with the veteran, right? Which is always a cool interaction to see, in my opinion, is the veteran teaching the newcomer. That's I like that personally as like just a fan of anything, like whether it be sports, whether you see the person who knows a lot teaching the younger. I think it's a cool storyline. Um, I'm familiar um, with both Loveless and Kimberly because I believe I've watched both of them at one point or another with this podcast. Um, or at least I feel like I have because they're yeah, named. You, I'm you probably familiar. have. You probably have. At least um, from beyond wrestling shows that we talked about. Together. Or Chikara. Probably Chikara too. And Chikara too. I think I was also, I, I was also here for Shimmer promotion as well. Yeah. Yes. Like they were both on. Um, so like they were, they were very much known names for me. So I, I very much put my, um, uh, hope in them um, as the as the mark that's supposed to root for somebody. Um, so it's it was a fun match to see for sure. And you got the the feud there. Um, they did do a lot of the thing that like is the in my opinion the tag team stereotype and very much yes they uh, they definitely did. I'm gonna yell and the ref's gonna look at me and the other they, tag team's they, gonna beat yeah. up my girl. Like that's yeah. it's funny. Um, because like it, it I've been doing like, that in tag team matches now for three decades. Yes. Oh yeah, the, but like the the tag team match formula pretty much stopped with the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express, didn't it, Petey? Yes. I mean, and, and credit credit to this match, uh, they in my opinion they executed it. Perfectly, uh, oh. especially especially Allison K. Allison K. 
really shined in this match. I, I really thought she she really stood out from the pack in this match. But uh, uh, overall, uh, I thought it was fine. Uh, I'm always happy to see Heidi Loveless, especially seeing her get the win and seeing how this progresses. But for me, uh, Allison Kay, just from her entrance uh, just till the end of the match, she stood out from all of the rest for me. So big shout out to Allison Kay. Big shout out. And the pinky up. Got to, get, got to have the pinky up. Yes. Uh, amazing feathers, too. The whole. Yes. Oh, fabulous. Uh, yeah. JVZ. Well, well, no, we talked about the thing. Moving on to it's, the next. It's your turn, PD. It's my turn. I'm like, wait, what's going on? I'm trying to find, like, you know, make sure I, I, I'm looking it, up things. This is, got everyone out there, podcast fans, this is what I'm talking about when we say that P, we need to work on PD's planning. I, I know. I was trying to look up, make sure I had something, uh, some information right. Uh, but yes, moving on to the next segment. We had going into the tag team contest, uh, tag team championship contest uh, between Zero Gravity uh, and the Hooligans. Uh, Zero Gravity and the Hooligans, uh, tag team championship. Hooligans are now, a fascinating crew. Now, okay. Petey, yes. to compound the point that JVZ made about Congo Kong, uh, I wanted to say... <laughs> That seeing the hooligans yes. uh, with Buck Nasty, their Buck Nasty. their manager, uh, I, I was a little surprised that in this day and age, in the year 2016, uh, we've still got guys wrestling <laughs> without shoes and wearing overalls. Yes. That, that kind of caught me the, off guard. The, the so, only reason, so JVZ, I, I get what you're, I get where you're coming from, JVZ. And I do. The only reason it didn't catch me off guard this time was because. I was already snapped into that mindset by the appearance of Congo Kong earlier. Yes. It was like, all right, we're doing the exotic characters from far out. I guess we're doing the exotic characters from inside the country now as well. I so. mean, even the Wyatt family wear shoes. Yeah. Yes. There's 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 going to be some uh there's going to be a little bit of character racism all up in a bitch every so often in wrestling, and that's just yeah. what we got. It, it happens. I guess it happens. the reason why it never struck me with the Wyatt family is just because I never really thought hillbillies with the Wyatt family. I always thought just cult instead of hill instead of like cult hillbillies. But just to me, it just seemed like a cult. And yeah. um, and so I never got the hillbilly vibe from them for some reason, even though I totally so see why you would say that. But uh, with this group, it was definitely... They were the most shiners. by the, the <laughs> hillbilliest of hillbillies, Buck Nasty. And, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, more, no, more, no other way to kind of put it. Uh, and also, Zero Gravity. I, I, I want to talk about these guys, too. Yes. Zero Gravity. These guys, God love them. They're straight out of the indie scene circa 2008. Yes. I mean, I imagine these guys are like myself. Big fans of the Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah, they they had the classic indie wrestling pleather basketball shorts, uh, giving all the love to old school classic CM Punk and everything. So I I I really appreciated the effort these guys put in to looking like an indie wrestling tag team because they were they were an indie ass indie team and and I love indie ass wrestling teams. Yes, they were indie as fuck. 
Uh, I, I say that in a complimentary way. Exactly. Uh, and I do too. Uh, Drew, what, what do you think of the these two these two teams in this contest? Um, what was weird was that I was I was taken aback by the a couple of things. One, since I am not versed in uh, indie wrestling as much as any as much as you do, I did not catch that as a thing that was a style back then. So what I saw was the ridiculous character versus the straight man, which was weird to me from like a comedy standpoint. And then also I noticed he had a rancid patch on his overalls, which struck me really weird because they were going for hillbilly and then threw in a punk patch on his overalls, which was really confusing to me as a music fan. Um, I was right there with tag match, but it was, It was confusing to say the least at times, Um, but overall the wrestling was good. And I think this was actually the first, I will admit, this is the first time throughout the entire night that I actually, like, I know it was highlighted before um, because I went through and sort of peeked at everything before we started just to get my head around which match was which and the timeline. But like, this was the first time when I was watching through blind that I realized the the walk off at the back is right up to the actual ring so you yeah. only have bottom of three of the four sides which is weird to me yeah. like is it always that way in like this particular like venue or um, is it this probably promotion? i believe it's just, it's just i believe it is built. this venue specifically pd correct me okay. if i'm wrong here is this not the same place that Shimmer runs their shows. No, uh, was Shimmer, this not I believe, the Eagles Club? This is not Berwyn, the Eagles Illinois? Club. This is 115 Bourbon Street. Uh, AAW does shows at the Eagles Club, but this is uh, one, I, I probably get the number wrong, but 115 Bourbon Street is a different spot. They have those like columns. So th- there's okay. no conve- there's no perfect place to put the ring, but this mm-hmm. is like the big open spot that they could put the ring and not have too much problem. And then it's right up there. Okay. Fair enough. Prezak even mentioned it on commentary, saying that the posts are in the way, man. Yes. There's one thing I hate about this one place. Everything else is amazing. But uh, that's the one thing I hate, you know. Uh, And that's what he was talking about. Uh, But yeah, you know, the the, the 115 Bourbon Street, it's an odd layout. Uh, JVZ, what did you think of the tag team contest? Um, I, I really, I was really impressed with Zero Gravity, actually. And maybe it comes from not seeing a whole lot of the stuff watching WWE, but uh, I feel like the tag team flow between the two members of this team was really, really, really smooth. Um, and maybe that's something that's more of a hallmark of indie wrestling, um, but it's um, just one move flowing into another very, very well. And, and it's not just you know one partner holding a guy and while another one hits him or you know, some of the more traditional tag team elements where, um, where I I think it's, it it was very much one move right after another. And then with each, you know, each strike, even one strike right, right after another one strike that sets up another strike for the other person. Um, you know, I, I just, I really enjoyed how quickly they, 
went from one move to another and set up their opponents for uh, one attack after another. <laughs> I'm sorry, I keep yeah. repeating myself, but it, it was just that that's what really struck me with this match. Yeah, good chain tag team wrestling. Uh just yeah, you know, again, they're cut from a specific cloth. Uh both teams were. Both yes. teams. Uh but definitely zero gravity are cut from a very, you know, late late two thousand Z's uh indie wrestling cloth, especially for tag team wrestling. Uh, I, I think I well. noticed it more with zero gravity just because they were more high flyers. Um hence yeah. the name, I guess. But um it it was um it, it was the sort of thing where you'd see one guy do a flip over the top rope followed by another guy doing a, a flip over the top rope right afterwards with almost no time in between um something that they had to have practiced very very well or something that they if one of them had messed it up it could have been disastrous for everybody involved oh, yeah. and <laughs> oh yeah uh, but yeah, overall a pretty good contest. A couple, you know, archetypes of of wrestling, but uh, done really well. Which you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel to make a good set of tires. Like I think I've said before on this show and on other shows, yeah. uh, you can do good with uh, you know, with what has been done before. Uh, but then that that you know that was a good contest. Takes us into a fun another fun segment, uh, which I enjoyed. With a Ricky Shane. Oh, page. There, there was a moment in this match where I think Dave Prezak mentioned something that really shook me to my core, PD. Yes. Um, where he he told a story about someone else in the wrestling business, uh, pointing out the fact that Dave Prezak now has gray in his beard, yes. and it just gave me a moment where it was like, "Oh God, yes. how long have I been watching this stuff? <laughs> oh God." Yes. Uh, if Dave, it, it's like uh, Drew. Not long ago, we're we're watching the the NBA All Star Game, and then we saw some dudes like Tracy McGrady, and then it was like, oh my god, Tracy McGrady has some gray hair in his beard. Yes. Oh my god, Tracy McGrady's old guys. Yes. <laughs> he was playing oh, in the celebrity oh. game, he right? Was, that's right. where you put the legends. Oh god, Drew. Think, think, think of think. As basketball fans, we have to think about the fact that pretty soon we're going to be living in a world where Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, and uh, Kevin Garnett are not in the league. Right. And I don't know if guys. I'm ready for that age. Yeah. That's how I. That's how I feel with wrestling right now. CM Punk gone. Daniel Bryan gone. Dave Prezak talking about going gray. Samoa Joe in NXT. You know who knows when will happen to him all of these guys that were like the core of my wrestling fandom they're all kind of like getting up there now and it's just like oh god yeah. i was about to throw in oh chris god. daniels but then i oh remembered god. he was always old true true true. <laughs> he just looked young but yeah. uh but yeah i mean it's an odd segment but yeah moving on to uh ricky shane page in the back uh with a little segment here uh ricky shane page is of course uh uh, Drew gestured with his jersey. Uh, Cleveland guy, Ohio guy. <laughs> uh, he's one of many Ohio guys who will work with this promotion. Uh, one, not the only Ohio guy for sure. Uh, one I don't even know if he's a heel. I don't even give a fuck. Oh, he's that guy's my favorite dude. He's kind of like a heel, but but he he's kind of a cool dude. A, a, a kind of a fun, well talked segment. Well, uh, kind of well executed, fun segment with these guys who are pretty funny. 
I don't know. Deej, what, what did you think? Uh, this was, again, not your typical wrestling segment, which I liked. You, you see two dudes who I guess were a tag team kind of getting along, kind of not trying to reconcile their relationships. So that that was kind of cool. Uh, I did like the like him uh, ver- not so subtly making fun of him at any opportunity. I'm making fun of Dickie Shane Page at any opportunity and digging at him a little bit uh, before, you know, kind of reassuring him, which is fun. And then these these guys are, are pretty funny. I like them. And they're really good. And we'll we'll get to see them later on. It's pretty good in the ring. Uh, Drew, how much did you love seeing the, the Cleveland guy? Um, No. As soon as I saw that, I had to, like, I first double-taked and then had to make sure, like, it wasn't like he was wearing the Cavaliers thing. Like, because I knew this was a recent promotion. I was like, is he wearing that so he can, like, play up his heelness because he's... Like, is he going to use that? And then, like, I look and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. He's, he's from my neck of the woods. It's okay. <laughs> like, I, I thought it was going to be, like, he's trying to be, like, the douchebag, like, bandwagon guy. Like, uh, like which yeah. which is fair. Um, yeah. No, you I, can I, literally I, just drive 40 minutes and see him wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. Which is awesome. Like, um, so, and, like, on top of that, on top of me doing the, oh, shit. Um, sorry. I just realized my Cadbury egg was broken. Oh, sad, sad. Um, but on top of that, it was, Rip like you said, it was a, it was a funny segment. Um, and it was a fun segment. So to have that, um, mixed in with me being a little happy. Anytime somebody makes it from Ohio, I, I, I have a smile on my face. So. Yeah. Uh, JVZ, did you, did you enjoy this little, like, uh, backstage segment? I'm not gonna lie. I don't remember this. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> the, the, it wasn't much. Uh, of a was this All right, moving where, on. Moving was on. this the one where the, the guy was talking to the other guy about how um, he can't really do anything without cheating? Yeah, oh, yes, yeah that so was yes. the one. And he was shining. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, so yeah, that, I mean that that was good. Uh, it, it was, was, it was uh, clever and funny. Sorry, all we've all we've said about the segment was it was funny, and the dude was from Cleveland. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm realizing fair. that people might not know what we're talking about. I was hoping that between all three of you talking, you you would have mentioned, mentioned at least what, what, what happened on. during the segment, but <laughs> but uh, we didn't. <laughs> not at all. The yeah, so it it definitely helped establish the characters. Yes. Um, one of one of which was going to wrestle later, and yeah. Yeah. It, did, it did a good and job of wrestling the character of establishing kind of the character and the motivation of one of the like the co-main events, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. We, the, the three of us, have become what we were harping on commentators doing, which is not letting the audience know what the hell you're actually talking about and just talking about the inside joke of what it was. Yes. And that left one of the other hosts in the dark about what the fuck we were talking about. Yes. Uh, We did. We we, we will do better. We will learn. We will come back with a more mature image. Uh, But yeah, that led us into the following contest uh, we had. For the number number one contendership for the AAW championship, uh, this is a pretty big contest. Again, another Ohio guy, uh, Sammy Callahan, 
uh, formerly of Ohio is for Killers, uh, taking on uh, Callahan Death Machine. Callahan Death Machine taking on Chris Death by Elbow Hero. Um, Petey, I want to say uh, with these two, and I'm guessing we're going to start seeing more of these as time progresses. Yes, uh, this is the 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 NXT special of yes. this show because Chris Hero, of course, was in developmental as Cash's Ono for a minute, and uh, the recently uh, released Solomon Crow now returning to being Sammy Callahan. Uh, back on the indie scene because he asked to be released and wanted to continue making a name for himself on the indie scene. Mm-hmm. Trying to make it make his own path. Uh, Chris Hero, who we've talked about extensively on this podcast multiple times. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to harp on the thing I've harped on before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Here, here's the thing about I'll Chris just say Hero. It's even more noticeable in this show. It's a good thing that Chris Hero is clearly like naturally athletic. He's he's like that that offensive lineman that out of nowhere can run like a four six forty. Yeah, he's a left like, tackle. Like he he's he's a big <laughs> he's a he's the big dude, but out of nowhere he's ridiculously athletic. So yeah, credit to Chris Hero. Um, I do want to see him face uh, Joey Ryan. Uh, because uh, it will finally give Joey Ryan an opportunity to hit a bootplex in a non-intergender match. Uh, JVZ. Well, what did you think of this contest? (laughs) Yeah, my last exposure to Chris Hero was on also on this show, and it was not a match that I enjoyed uh, because I, I mean because that match was a lot slower than I expected it to be. Uh, this one is kind of, I think after watching this match, I kind of get what Chris Hero is all about, or at least what makes him into kind of this guy that a lot of indie wrestling fans have gravitated to over the years. Um, I, I think I, I get that. I I now understand that he is kind of this guy who makes well-placed calculated strikes um, with different parts of his body at calculated moments. And I think now that I, I see him wrestling in that way um, and, and I think maybe it took another wrestler, especially a quicker one like Sammy Callahan to kind of satisfy my appetite for the faster pace um, to to make this match good for me, I, I I think both these wrestlers played their roles really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and a uh, like Sammy Callahan, who makes well calculated faces at uh, calculated moments. Yes, well calculated. <laughs> one specific part of his that, body. that is one thing that he did not lose in WWE developmental is that he he never lost his ability to make funny faces. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, I feel like this with with a match that was so filled with strikes like this one was. I think both wrestlers did an excellent job of selling each strike. Even Chris Hero, who is a larger person, taking strikes from a smaller person, he sold those like he was getting hit with those full on, like, um, yeah. just like right in the perfect. Sp- 
the, he sold those like he got caught in the perfect spot on his on his head to fling his hair back. The the storytelling, as it were, was was very high level in this yes. match. Like you could tell that these guys definitely have gotten educating on storytelling and selling from people at the highest level. Yes. I learned a little something. Learned themselves something. Uh, Drew, what did you think of this contest? I did not know before this, um, either of these guys. Yeah, maybe I put my hat in the ring for the heel because he had Ohio on his shirt. Okay, give me a break. Um, no, but, Sammy Callahan is good. He's good. Yeah. Um, and but that's the thing is both of you hit the nail on the head. Um, I did not know before that they were both like on that WWE cusp, right? Um, did not know they were right there and sort of came back down in their own ways to like the indie scene and wanted to make it here for different reasons, stuff like that. Um, but it shows what the in match stuff in the WWE is looking for. There is until one of the commentators made a mention about the strikes going on. And when it's highlighted here, when we're talking about it, I didn't even think about it being a more strike heavy match until that moment. And I was like, Oh yeah, because they were, they were just selling it. Like it was the normal part of the match. And it's sort of, that's just how that match developed and how as much as these segments, we will, we can harp on the story there and we can talk about the story there. Eventually, the segment comes into the ring, and in the ring, you have to also still be the character that you portray, and you have to be able to tell your character through what you do in the match, and I think both of these guys did that very, very well. Um, Selling it is an important part of what wrestling is, and this, this this match goes to push that forward, and they both did that very, very well, I think. Uh... And Chris Hero really needs to stop wearing trunks. Sorry. I'm <laughs> he should have never he should have never gotten them on to begin with. But so, someone told him while he was over in Japan that trunks equal serious wrestler and yeah. It's just not for you, bro. At least you know, at least at and least I, and do I like hate, Samoa Joe and have that. him go up like here. You know, have him have him go up to here. And maybe you're good. Like, just have him go up here. Here's the thing. Chris Hero, I'm not the hugest fan of the guy, but I know he's really good. He, he is of the original indie golden age of the mid-2000s. He, he's, he's very, very good. But he's just got to change his gear. Please. I, again, don't know much of his history. I'll tend to agree with that. He he had he at used times that, it was not pretty. He he let's, had let's fair. Back in the day, back in the day, Chris Hero did rock the indie wrestling pleather. He did. Yes. And then someone told him that trunks are the only way to be taken seriously. And well, yeah. At the time he had lost a lot of weight. He he did, yes. and he, he looked be a fair. lot better. At the time, yes. Uh then he got signed. And then he got let go. Yes. And he got complacent. Before he got let go, he kind of let himself go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is to be fair. 
Wow. Yeah. I'll just uh, throw but before before we beat, before we beat that dead horse any further, guy got uh, fat. Let's Jesus. I know. Damn it. We're cold. We beat that dead horse because we've. we've that was beat all that. you, Drew. X, at X Drucifer X on Twitter. <laughs> That's fine. I'll say it. Yeah. Dude, uh, fair. He's maybe fat, but he wasn't slow. And that was my complaint about him last time. And yeah. that yeah. got fixed this he time. Didn't, so he I didn't get winded match. on his entrance. Like, he's, like he did at WrestleCon. Hey, every, every once in a while, a fat dude can sprint high. Like That, that yeah. is Chris Hero. That's Chris Hero. Like, yes. And uh, PD... Petey, just for a second, show title, Chris Hero would make a great left tackle. Yes. <laughs> uh, that is true. Uh, so we move on to that match, uh, and then Drew Gulak crowd promo. Nobody cares. Uh, we move on to the next contest, where we wow. have... <laughs> Shade Breakers. Jesus. Oh, wait, you're on the podcast. I'm making a joke about <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It, it, Drew Gulak did have, have an establishing little like segment, a little promo, kind of uh, uh, where he kind of established uh, his journey, his uh, his intentions uh, here in AAW. It wasn't a and th- this promo basically exemplified everything that I've ever said about my opinion on Drew Gulak. JVZ, did you have a thought? Uh, I mean, just about these promos in general. Like, I like that they're kind of splicing these in. Uh, yes. In between every single match, they've got one of these to kind of help establish. I mean, it, like I said before, as a new viewer, it, yeah. um, whether it's a promo that's b- being cut before or after the match, it either is setting up a match later on in the show or it's maybe inviting the user who might have been interested by the match to tune into the next show because it's kind of setting things up for further ahead. So. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like at the very end when they threw in 20 of them, but I guess they kind of needed to. But yeah. um, like but in general, I like I like that they were doing this. Yeah, we'll talk about the postscript a little bit. But yeah, it, it, you're right. It, it was doing, they did a lot of good things where they kind of put in the establishing like promos and segments and things like that, which was done well. Um, but yeah, moving on to the next contest. And this is one of the things that I, I didn't know that this was this match and this was this event, but, uh, this is the match, uh, that held the segment and, uh, we played the video, <laughs> the opening segment. Uh, opening I love pro wrestling PD. Yes. I love pro wrestling. Um, th- I did not. And I will be honest. I did not in the entire moment where I bought this event, I downloaded this, I established that this is going to be our, you know, our opening for the second half of the season, uh, and coming back and gave it to everybody. Not until I actually started watching this and got to this match. Did I realized that this was this match and this moment. Uh, now y'all PD, might remember if I may, Yes. I'm going to make an interesting comparison that just popped into my head. Okay. Uh, there was an episode of the Record Breakers podcast hosted by Petey and Drew uh, in which I was a guest. <laughs> I brought an album for the Record Breakers crew to listen to. That album was Altered State by British metal band Tesseract. And one to. thing that Drew and the others mentioned was that there was one song in particular on this album that really caught them off guard out of nowhere with a saxophone. Yep. They were blown away the by the heavy metal saxophone. 
This match awesome. was, yeah. the, he- was the heavy metal saxophone of this show. No, I, I, will, I will make an addendum to that. The hoverboard is the heavy metal saxophone yes. of yes. this album, yes. specifically. <laughs> so, so let's just jump in, Petey. Yes, let's just jump in. Uh, we have uh, six-man action. Uh, Buck Nasty. Or Bucky Sounds Collins, but as he's as as he's uh, written down on this thing, uh, Connor Braxton and Eddie Machete. We had Buck Buck Nasty and Eddie Machete come out on their own uh, to one piece of music, and that was cut off and switched all over to Chameleonaires riding, uh, I believe, Perend Dirty and Perend, uh, aka the Riding Dirty song. And as we heard the words of Chameleonair going, they're trying to catch me riding dirty. We had none other than Connor Braxton ride in on a hoverboard uh, for for those that want to harp on a branding uh, hoverboard <laughs> all the way from backstage and went to the end of the ring um, to the to the to the much to the chagrin of his own tag team partners <laughs> to which he exclaimed, "I'm innovating." Which is my, which is my quote of the night, honestly. Which I'm going, I'm innovating. Uh, which great made a great moment, a segment, a great moment. Uh, even overshadowed the fact that they were taking on uh, a, a nice formidable trio in Marcus Crane, Matt Fitchett, and Shane Hollister. Uh, but wait, everybody! Just because Connor Braxton entered the ring on the hoverboard. It was only just beginning. It was only beginning. We've only just begun. Uh, we had trios action. We had the hoverboard. During the match, he tried to play it in, you know, in during the match. And one of his partners took it upon himself to grab the hoverboard and take it to the back of the locker room <laughs> so he could stop using it. At which Thank point, God. at which point he go, uh, gets out of the ring goes under the ring and finds a second hoverboard because, because where he, else would a hoverboard be exactly uh and then proceeds to have the moment uh that was uh so you know was immortalized in the video I played before the show started um all that and it was a pretty fun little trios match Deej, how how did you react to the hoverboard I have to, I have to know I loved it, and I also just I cannot express enough how much I I love Dave Prezak on this show because he he was doing commentary. It was almost as if he was doing commentary just for me, <laughs> because when the hoverboard got involved and Connor Braxton picked up one of his opponents in this match and started spinning around a la the giant swing. Dave Prezak went full wrestling nerd with Japanese commentary and screamed out, Giant Swing! <laughs> As if it was at Budokan Hall or something, and I just lost it. So, <laughs> Dave Prezak, thank you so much for being so awesome for so long in the yes. world of wrestling. Uh, Drew, what, what did you think of this contest, and what did you think of the hoverboards? One, anytime a hoverboard get introduced to any athletic event i laugh um because the only thing i can think of is jr smith in a ridiculous hat uh 
near the locker room at Quicken Loans Arena, riding on one, holding a beer after the finals. Um, but that's that's neither here nor there. As you um, do. It's J.R. Smith. Are you going to tell J.R. Smith no? No, you're not going to tell J.R. Smith no, because he's not going to listen to your ass anyways. Um, I could probably go downtown and tell Dan Gilbert to, though. Oh, yeah, you could. And he probably won't <laughs> Dan Gilbert either. Dan Gilbert at least has enough money, too. Um, but so hoverboards are always ridiculous to me, and they always have a special place in my heart for that ridiculousness. The fact that they pulled a second hoverboard <laughs> for no apparent reason other than to continue the joke. Brilliant. Because let's be fair. The 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 three man on three man sort of tag match is never going to be played serious. You can't really play that sort of match in a very like serious technical wrestling sort of manner. So you have you have to be ridiculous, and it was, it was hilarious through and through. Um, the the giant the giant swing was funny that he went into that like, um, sort of Japanese wrestling sort of joke play on it. Again, getting into the mild racism that we're going to have throughout the <laughs> card, which is fine, because um, it I don't care. Mild racism is funny as long as you don't like. As long as you're not a complete douche. That's like, at X, Drucifer X. On <laughs> that's look. Um, Drucifer at gmail.com. You can. That's fine. Um, shit's funny sometimes. Um, so that was fine. And the one thing that made me laugh is I've been playing a lot of a video game that the the mist attack reminded me of and I'm going to hold up a copy into my camera of Bloodborne to say that it reminded me of trying to play that game um because it's about what happened yes yes uh to be fair yes uh JVZ what, what did you think of this uh these happenings so when when uh Connor Braxton first came out on the hoverboard to do uh, to the song. It, it kind of struck me as just kind of normal as like, <laughs> this is a guy doing his silly introduction. It, it struck me as a normal, silly introduction. And I almost kind of dismissed it. Then he got into the ring, got back on the hoverboard and ran the ropes on the hoverboard, yes. which was the part that really sold me on it just because um, I think what makes hoverboards and I guess segues so funny is just how slow they move yes. and just how you're just taking the general concept of something so easy like walking or running and turning it into something that seems like it's so agonizingly slow and um I, and I understand I'm kind of explaining the joke here. But, but it's I, the I, future, JV. It's <laughs> the future. Right. It, it, Welcome that, to the world of tomorrow. It's that exact juxtaposition where you you have the future promise to you and you're looking at it and you're just like, this can't be the future. It doesn't work better than what we have now. But seeing having that kind of replacement, how I mean, it's a segue Connor Braxton has, 
Yeah, Connor Braxton has figured out all the different places in wrestling where he can take this and make that same joke, but do it different and better every single time. Um, you know, it's not, he can't, he doesn't just use it in the entrance to look like an idiot. He looks, he uses it to run the ropes, which is a very basic wrestling thing, but now he's turned it into a joke by by uh, adding the hoverboard to it and then done the same thing with the swing, um, which you know, just the added level of skill to be able to ride that hoverboard, spin around, actually hold a person, yes. not injure them in the process. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously the thing's going slow, so maybe not, but I guess maybe that might make it a little bit more difficult to keep them off the ground. There's um, a lot of, uh, you know... Uh, pulling back the curtain there's a lot of yeah. core strength involved for the yep. recipient of that <laughs> move <laughs> yeah. he has to hold himself up aloft <laughs> quite a bit so God, there, there's God no real triple force on that one to help <laughs> yeah. no that's yeah. all that's all the core if we're gonna be yeah. honest <laughs> and and like drew mentioned i i think one joke that I will always or that I will never get sick of is the i'm gonna take this away from you followed by the ha i got a second one <laughs> yes. and the, ha! He's, he's and because it's pro wrestling yeah. the, and everything is under the ring where else would it have been besides yeah. under yeah. the ring oh there's smart. if if you i believe that that character uh that keenan played in uh all that from back in the 90s with the pants y'all might remember him where he goes oh, pants and sag and berry Bag and sag and berry. Yes. I believe that if you look under the ring, you will you find, find Keenan Thompson. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, because he's under there because yeah. everything's under a wrestling ring. Yes. There's tables. It's, it's bigger on the inside. Find, you will not find Kel Mitchell. Every every wrestling ring is he talking about Jesus nowadays? Yeah. But that's every every wrestling other. ring houses a pocket dimension underneath uh from which you can pull anything it's like a bag of holding kind of i would say for our DD fans out there that's a bag of holding <laughs> yes uh <laughs> it, it's somebody th- took a bag of holding and somehow stretched it out into a canvas and made it you know <laughs> made it hang over a wrestling ring or underneath and now we can you can pull out all your magic items from there uh like your magic ladder of climbing if you, uh, if you need a if you need a metal folding chair a kendo stick a hoverboard and some tax wrestling ring. Exactly. Yeah, it's fine. Don't go to uh, Home Depot. Wrestling yes. ring. Wrestling. Uh, but yes, that was an amazing segment. It, it's such a, a, a moment that, a, and like I said, it was a moment that went viral, literally. Uh, it was posted, kind of the, the video I shared was posted on Facebook. And it was featured on GQ and on the USA Today uh, online blog. And like a bunch of different places, uh, in such headlines with a pro wrestler uses hoverboard to do this thing, you know, it's like, uh, places that would, you know, would generalize it as, you know, and on complex.com and a bunch of places. So it's like this, this was a, this was a kind of a, a the thing that people know about the, the, the people that the thing that people heard about, uh, which is hilarious. I don't and even then, remember what happened in the match. Yeah. Besides that, <laughs> heavy metal saxophone. Yes. Uh, and it was otherwise it was just kind of a, a, a straightforward uh, trios matchup. 
uh, that was pretty fun and kind of established some stuff for for the characters, especially for Connor Braxton. Uh, uh, it also had hardcore theme music with the dude singing along to it. I, I, I did dig the, the singing along to your own entrance music, which is fun. I always like that. Singing along, especially if it's like a, a, an actual song. Uh, but yeah, moving on to, to kind of get keep the pace going. Uh, moving on from that moment to the next contest. Uh, we had... Uh, if I can pull it up again. We had a one-on-one contest. We had Ryan Boz of the Iron Curtain. Uh, the stable of one Gregory Iron, who at the moment in this promotion at least is playing a villainous character, a heel to say, to, uh, in other words. Uh, Ryan Boz, who's a member of the Iron Cur- Curtain, taking on none other than the Monster Abyss. And Petey in this match, well, ra- really at the end of the match, I had another I've been watching wrestling a really long time moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at, at the end of this match, uh, Abyss mentioned that he's been wrestling for 20 years. Yes. So I went to look up on it on Wikipedia, and I saw that Abyss debuted in 1995. And then it hit me. Oh, God. I vaguely remember when Abyss was Prince Justice in NWA Wildside right before he was signed by TNA. Oh, God. I've really been watching this stuff for a long time. Good Lord. Abyss uh, is a 20-year veteran. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> uh, and he definitely did his veteran speech, which is odd. It, it, yeah. It's like Abyss of, being the, the veteran wrestler with the promo at the end of the match. Oh, where God. Just, where he just talked like old wrestler guy rather than God. menacing Abyss guy. He oh, God. Like, he just talked like Joey Image, basically. <laughs> uh, he just got rumbled, like regular old Joey Image in regular life. Like uh, he did that, which is just threw me completely off guard. You know, uh, Drew, what did you think of this contest between two dudes who brawled? Here's what struck me odd. Um, one, it was a brawly match, which is cool, which is fine, which is kind of when you see. A character like Abyss is kind of what you expect, which is cool. What I what I didn't realize going into this is that I knew I always sort of pulled for the ridiculous canes and stings and the big monster in the mask that is scary and dark sort of thing because that was kind of cool to me as a person. But like I always felt like they usually play heel. And this did not play heel to me at all. The the Iron was the heel. And, like, they were the heel team. And, like, they came out and were giant douchebags. And, like, that just was funny to me that, like, he was he was playing the crowd to love him. And they did. And then they went into the back. And, like, you know, the, the thing of, well, this is a uh, no DQ unless the uh, referee decides it's a DQ. So we're just and- going to... That We're is go Abyss's specialty. That is Abyss's specialty, along yeah. with being, you know, the masked guy. His his specialty is he's in a lot of ways kind of the the last of the hardcores in the mainstream. He's uh, he has been a regular of TNA Impact Wrestling for the last 
decade and change. And he he is there. I, I hate to make this obvious comparison, but he is there Mick Foley for all mm-hmm. intents and purposes. Even had and, the uh, personality for, thing gone. <laughs> yeah. That was great though. That was really entertaining. I love so Mick Foley. So I still love Mick Foley. That dude's hilarious. <laughs> so to to Abyss's credit, he he did not slack off in this match. He did not play the veteran there just to cash a paycheck. But that's never been Abyss. He's never done that. Yeah, yeah he seems like he's 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 there because he's enjoying what he's doing and he's gonna do it to the the best of his ability. Like yeah. it never it if you and like probably before, got a better paycheck than TNA gave him. Yes. Fair. Um, but yeah, that was until he said 20 year, like I never would have guessed that he like was the, the wily vet and that's why everybody loved him and stuff like that. Like he, he played the match as, as his, as the character that he created short. Um, and yeah, I, I, I've always been a fan of let's go outside of the ring. Like those were my favorite matches. I would always, when I was playing, um, Things like No Mercy back in the day on my Nintendo 64. I would always set it up so I could force myself into the back so I could use trash cans. Like that was <laughs> that was the type of that was the type you, of thing. You would like. enjoy Abyss then. You would definitely yeah. be a fan. I, it's sounding like I would, so I'm gonna have to find more of this guy's matches because that's I don't know. There's something fun about that to me as a person, and the more you do that, the better. So. I recommend any of his specialty match, the Monsters Brawl. Or yeah. He did a he did a barbed like, wire match like with the, Sabu. Like the one they're setting up uh, up next week at uh, the following right. a, at the upcoming AEW event. He's he's also had some great like main event title feuds with Sting in TNA. He, he's, really? he's always good. Yeah, yeah. I will I will have to look up those matches because yeah he's Sting. he's he's always been good. I, he's always I think good. I I think pre-show I made mention of. A dunk contest featuring a uh, dunker coming from the rafters with a baseball bat. So, yes. so. We, we, which we still haven't gotten yet, which we're, we're still hoping for. Yeah, I want that. Um, we did get the hoverboard in the dunk contest, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, but I will say, I looked up that the monsters brawl thing. Um, that's weird. One, I don't think it ever happened, but, like, the rules are supposed to be, like, oh, you don't have food or light for 24 hours, and then you're supposed to come out all angry, right? Like, that's the yeah. that's <laughs> the, the rule of the match. I didn't know How, that. Yeah, wow. like, up the, the wick page said that the original rules for the match were you are in a room with no windows and no lights and no food for 24 hours before the match. So that both wrestlers were angrier at each other. But then, like, they stopped playing that up, like, six monster brawls in or something like that. I'm like, I don't think that ever happened, ever. <laughs> yeah. But. That might be for an interesting segment. Uh, but, yeah, and, and it's going to make for an interesting match between these teams and a monster's ball. Because it, it established, uh, we, we had uh, the, the, the heel team attack uh, Abyss and Congo Kong come out for the save and Uh, i will say regarding the monsters ball with this tag match uh in tna uh at bound for glory tna's big pay-per-view of the year back when tna was still relevant uh the the abyss specialty match the the rules of the monsters ball were all of the competitors would be locked in a room by themselves 24 hours before the match 
Right. No food, no light, no nothing. Yep. And yep. then they would be let out. And as Mike Tanay would say, weapons are not only allowed, they're encouraged. encouraged. Yes. Yep. Yes. That's what I saw. I was like, I don't like the the locking them up thing. I I yeah. Look, if that actually happened, pro, pro like wrestling. that's pro wrestling. right. Exactly. Like if we can open the but curtain, don't story. believe that ever happened. But if it did, that would be very dog fighting like idea. Like yes. <laughs> you that's, set up a wrestling again, match as dog fight. That is Abyss's <laughs> specialty match. That is his match. The monster. I'm liking this guy. I'm liking this guy. Yeah. Uh, the more and more I hear about this guy, I like this guy as a character. Yeah. Like uh, I have, I have Mick Foley's first autobiography. Like have a nice day, bookshelf. Like yeah. that's the type of. I love that ridiculous. Like no, I have nothing but good things to say about the monster abyss. I have nothing but good things to say about him. Uh, JVZ, what what did you think of this contest? Um. Uh, Pretty much the same thing everybody else said. Um, it <coughs> it did seem weird to me at the end where, uh, and I, I, maybe I just didn't know enough about the history, but uh, Congo Kong coming out for the save. Uh, it was, it did kind of make sense because they were setting him up earlier in the show to yeah. be this great big monster. And, uh, and, and uh, uh, these words, these, this was uh, members of this team did attack him. Earlier yeah, and in the, I did not make that connection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which um, is odd. Yeah. Specifically. I didn't make that connection until we were talking about the first match, and I was like, oh, I get it now. Yeah, yeah. It's, You're it's, not alone. JV's not alone. A, a slight um, lo- lack of information. One of the few moments of lack of information, but yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Very sparing moment of lack of yeah. Normally, I'm always like that when watching these, but uh, this time it was kind of the only one, and it was just like, oh, here comes Congo Kong again. Yeah. Yep, he still he still looks like that, and uh, <laughs> 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 got a little bit of a touch up on his makeup. He's, he still looks like that. Uh, nope. Still looks like he still looks like that. Uh, yeah, set up the 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 showdown later later this you know this week in like six days on Saturday uh you know on Friday I guess on the nineteenth they're gonna do their monsters ball thing uh so that'll be fascinating to, uh, considering who's who are the parts in this co- who are the cogs in this machine uh but taking this and moving on to the next segment we had well first of all we had a couple of nice promos we had uh Sammy Callahan say a little bit about his mission statement in the in the promotion uh especially kind of his his uh goal of becoming champion we also had a fun little uh promo from connor braxton uh which he pays tribute to his uh his uh hoverboard and talks about how, you know how, and i think that at this point he talked about in the video about it going viral which threw me off because i didn't i thought well wait how did it happen but it was because they cut it in they put the promo into the video after it went viral on the internet. You know, Smart Mark Video did the smart thing, kind of threw that in there to kind of like play up uh, that, which is which is very clever. Uh, yeah, it was clever. Would you say that, Deej? It was like it was a smart thing, kind of taking that opportunity to kind of splice that information in after after it went viral. Yes. Yes. 
<laughs> I, I, I would agree in general it, the 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 overall message of the promo is that Connor Braxton is an entertainer and he's a damn good one and yeah. he's making the moments that you're going to remember and so I mean, he did a good job of selling himself in that promo mm-hmm. uh, which is the point yes this is fact it's and it was pretty fantastic and then we move on to the uh, first uh, half of the main event of the evening we had the AAW Heritage Championship, uh, the aforementioned uh, previously in the show, Ricky Shane Page, I believe, uh, taking on the taking on. Wasn't it Davy Vega? Dave, no, Davy Vega. Damn, did I say it all wrong this uh, this entire time? Davy Vega. Yeah. <laughs> Davy Vega. Um, I, Ricky Shane Page is a part of this promotion, but he's he's another guy. Davy Vega, uh, defending the title. Against A.R. Fox, the whole Foxen show, a man who uh, I, I'm, we're still surprised on the show that is still uh, that is alive, uh, who hasn't managed to kill himself at any point. Uh, in the- oh my God! Sorry, go, please go on. I'm going to make a point in a second. <laughs> yes, A.R. Fox versus David Vega in a in a in a, t- a shot in a match for the AAW Heritage Championship. Uh, nice little contest here. You have everything you expect from from AR Fox, and a nice showing from Davey Vega. Uh, Deej, are you are you familiar with Davey Vega, kind of the, the guy from the Midwest? Uh, I was not before this, but all of this was solid enough to say that I get the impression that he was the champion for a reason. He worked the crowd pretty well. And AR Fox, he he cupped up with AR Fox, which is not an easy task for anyone. No. So overall, I was pretty pleased. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew, well, what did you think of this uh, contest? Um, I think it was a good contest, a good championship match. You want sort of the technical wrestling. The reason I I had a moment there for a second is the entire time during this match. Something was very distracting to me as a human being, which was the red sash. I kept going, why is that ringing a bell? Why am I seeing this red sash and something in the back of my head is going off? I should know what this is supposed to be a reference to. I know he's playing up a character and I can't place it. You said the name Vega and immediately it clicked. He's playing up Vega from Flippin' Street Fighter and it just made me super happy as a human being because Vega was my dude back when I would play Street Fighter. Anytime I would play Street Fighter, flipping the mask and the claws and the climbing up the walls in his own stage and the like freaking out and the yes, I am I am all for that. Here's the thing with indie wrestling and I will say this there is a definite crossover between the type of person who digs video games and like that sort of nerd culture around uh, video games. I don't like any of anime. Right. Exactly. I don't like any of those. You don't like fighting games. You don't like anime. Like those things are not interesting to you. It's all wrestling all the time. There seems to be a crossover to me. Fans fans of wrestling. Fans of 90s culture. Fans of for the video listeners out there. I am not wearing a 90s Nickelodeon t-shirt right now. (laughs) <laughs> right. Uh, like uh, it seems that maybe if there was a wrestler that um 
that wore a uh, silver snake shirt, that would not be a hit. That would not be a thing, maybe. Yes. No, like, there seems to be a definite crossover of fans of video games, anime, 90s things, and the, the indie wrestling scene, Um, if, if I'm allowed to say so. So anytime that, like, something like this comes on, I'm like, they're playing to the audience. Hot damn. Holla at ACH out there. Like, I, what would be awesome? Yeah, as as uh, as a DJM is playing to the video uh, video audience, um, what I want to see a little bit is the the flair that you see sort of coming out of characters in this. Tell me, DJM, would that not be great to see at Evo? <laughs> oh, Xavier Woods or Austin Creed, uh, he's already working at being at Evo. So it's it's already going to happen. Same for Kenny Omega. Uh, in fact, they 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 did a thing where they were playing games against one another. Yeah, on the, uh, on the channel Woods. up up down down. Yeah, Xavier Woods has a YouTube channel. As a, as a, we don't need to plug him. Yeah, he, <laughs> he doesn't need our help, PD. But I just wanted to let Drew know. Okay, I'll yeah. have to. Uh, that's that's hilarious to me because it's like that would be awesome to see like to see. And the, Drew, I'm telling you, it's already happening. Yes. God, good. If next Evo, if if it next Evo, like flipping Street Fighter dude, Capcom dude, and Smash dude cut a promo against one another, I would be super happy. Oh, that's already <laughs> happening at, at various tournaments across the scene. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Knowing knowing how how much I keep up with the fighting game scene. Oh yeah. There, they're all they're well, cutting they're, promos. I, there was one tournament last year where they actually had it take place in a ring. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's well, already. I, was, uh, I, it's I, knew there, I knew there was one dude in the Smash scene. One dude, one dude to play Super Smash Brothers that constantly wears like American flag tank tops and bullshit. And I was like, okay, Mango, like Mango's doing it. Like I knew one dude was doing it, but the fact that the whole scene is oh, getting behind. Yeah, Machinima like, has like also fight. The whole Machina, fighting game scene is really embracing like the pro wrestling side of things. It's yes. definitely getting that. No, no, Machinima has interview segments on their on their YouTube page uh, with the guys there that are, are going to, to chasing the cup uh, called chasing the cup, where they're interviewing guys on like their moves or their go to characters, uh, like Perfect Legend or Sonic Fox. You know, I, I don't know the names, but I imagine you might know the names. Uh, they're interviewing them on their things, so, and it was very much like you know a wrestling. And, and Drew, there are even heels like yes. Filipino Champ. He's a big heel. Uh, Perfect Legend. Some people say he's a heel. Justin Wong. He, he's kind of the John Cena of the fighting game world. Yes. A lot of people boo him, but he's still pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. The the pro wrestling influence is definitely there for yes. real. For uh, real, Drew. God. And we all know the fighting game influences and the pro wrestling. <laughs> That's been that way for yeah. years. Uh, JVZ, what what did you think of this contest? Uh, my last exposure to AR Fox, I think, was in a CZW show where he was in what I called the clusterfuck match at the yes. beginning of the show. Um, and uh, so I didn't get to see a lot of him. I just knew that he was, he was a high flyer and, uh, but he was very athletic, very quick. 
watching this match, it was just another reminder of, oh my God, this guy can move. He can move. He can get across the ring very, very quickly. He can go over the ropes very, very quickly and uh, doesn't seem to hesitate to do so either. Um, it, In a way, uh, it seems like, I mean, just from watching this match that he... Um, he, it, it's very calculated every time he does, but he's also going so quick that it almost looks borderline reckless yes. as well. Um, so I, I totally get what you guys are saying about how you're surprised he isn't dead yet. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, I can't personally tell whether he's actually good at this or whether he's just launching his body. Um, Por que no los dos? <laughs> uh, which yeah, I actually so I, would be my answer. It's like, yeah, it's a little from uh, quite a bit from column A, quite a bit from column B. You know, not but really he's sure. really good at this, and he's also kind of insane. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, it was it was very entertaining to watch, and uh, and his pants are fantastic. His his, his uh, space tights are fantastic. His, his pants, his uh, his ring work, his overall demeanor. Um, yeah, I, I, I think AR I mean, Fox I, is going places if he does. I, 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 I believe, as long I, as he's alive, he's going places. He's he's going places, and it's I don't know. Maybe it's maybe I don't know enough about the business to say, but it's kind of surprising since the last time that I've got to see him on a show. Um, yeah. It's kind of surprising that he hasn't gone places already yet. Yeah. I think it's coming. It's coming. He it, might it, be. Yeah. Also, he's fantastic when his. It's fantastic when uh, he has his wife with him and they match outfits, and they've done that, and it's it's pretty fantastic. I'll say at the very least, he has a career in Japan ahead of him. At the very yes, least, yes, yes. Hey, Auto Fox, uh, taking over New Japan or something, or at least DDT, uh, which would be fantastic. Uh, and it was a fun contest, and it was great co-main event. Uh, Era Fox doing his thing and winning the heritage title, which uh, made for for hilariousness with Davy Vega having such a short lived <laughs> title run, uh, which for for what they were establishing for his character actually really worked uh, and was kind of fun and funny, uh, and that transitioned us over uh, with a couple more. You know, and we had a, a, a promo by by uh, the hooligans. And uh, Buck Nasty, which is fun. Uh, and that we had some fun moments, you know, establishing stuff. And that led into a nice little establishing segment of the whole feud leading up to the main event. Uh, this was really cool because they, they told you the story of how we got here between these two individuals specifically. Uh, especially establishing, you know, their personal feud, uh, starting with their... Uh, their time limit draw which led into them both being included in the title uh elimination title three-way which led to you know of course uh uh as for those that aren't aware eddie kingston winning the title and we, by by uh by defeating both him and ethan page at the time who was the champion and which established uh this feud as kind of the the thing back and forth uh what did you guys think of the video segment? Did it did it establish well enough the the 
the feud? Did you get the story going into the the match? Yes, uh, and I am always, always, always appreciative of video packages in these shows. I mean, this is one of the few times that I've actually seen it, but it is so helpful, especially when it's kind of the culmination of a of a multi-month feud um, that takes place over several matches. Um, as much as I like it when the commentators bring up the history, it's even better when it's shown to you. Um, and it doesn't take that long to do it. Uh, it was just a short video package, and it established everything I needed to know about the history behind these characters. Uh, you know, I, I mean, that's one thing that I've always credited the WWE for. They could have the shittiest feuds, but the video packages for those feuds are always on point. So you're never, as long as you watch that video There's package. No yeah. Yeah, it, you know exactly why these guys are fighting each other. Um, yeah. And that they, they, AAW accomplished the same thing here. Yeah. And that was helpful for me. I loved it. Yes. Uh, Drew, well, what do you think of the kind of the, the, the video package? Um, I will agree with that. Uh, there's a lot that I don't know coming in this. Again, as somebody who watches this when I'm on the show, really. Um, and uh, I don't really follow the stories. So you, as a promoter, you have to know that when you put together the package that people can watch online and get on the internet that maybe this is their first time in. They want to see what this, this indie wrestling hubbub is all about, right? You have to play for the first timers just as much as you have to play to the people who are already like marks, as you would say, the already people that are, they're going to buy your product. You have to make sure that they're not bored and they still enjoy the show, but you also have to make sure that the people who have no idea what's going on, know what's going on and this sort of sets it up it lets you see the the cheat moment that was in that earlier and it lets you see like those matches and stuff like that and what culminates into what you're going to see right so like that's cool what also struck me is i don't know where they were at um but one of those venues looked awesome the chicago one looked really cool um yeah, i just want to that looked like logan square artist, uh, is, was that logan square i think Maybe. it was logan I think right, it was yeah. the same he's, place where you and there. Kaz went he's to. Yeah, you, I think it's the same place you and Kaz went to 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 see Tag World Grand Prix. Yes, sir. Right around, uh, I believe, Asian <laughs> time. Uh, a while back. That place looks pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it looks um, pretty dope. I can All confirm. Yeah. There's a couple um, of cool ven- There's a couple of really cool venues to watch wrestling in in the Chicago area. Uh, to the uh, main spoiler event. Spoiler alert. But to the main event, we have the dude from Yonkers, uh, who we've talked about many times on this show, Eddie Kingston, defending the AAW Heavyweight Champion, uh, holla, uh, defending the AAW Heavyweight Champion, if you're kind of like this, uh, against the up-and-coming young stud, uh, somebody who we've talked about on the show a couple of times before, uh, the Carolina Caveman, uh, known as Trevor Lee. Uh, a couple of really talented guys. I, at this point, it's weird to say Eddie Kingston, the the veteran, 
There's another, there's another, you know, Eddie Kingston. He's been around since, at least since Shakara has been around. And that's a good decade and a half. That's a long time. <laughs> Holy poop. Uh, taking on the But he's youngs. awesome. Yeah, but he's awesome. Uh, yeah, man, we've been watching a long time. Uh, taking on Trevor Lee, who's making, making big, big things, making a name for himself. Uh, JVZ, what, what do you think the, of the contest once it started going on? Um, I think the one thing that definitely stood out to me, I mean, you know, uh, the match itself was pretty good. Um, one thing that kind of stood out was that they were taking full advantage of the fact that they were allowed to be outside the ring yes. for <laughs> long periods of time. And I, I can't remember how many, how many kicks into the railing there were um yeah there there was just there were a whole lot of them uh both both competitors took advantage of that both competitors went out into the crowd and fought um fought each other um and uh they didn't fight people in the crowd <laughs> they this is no, not they, Matt yeah. this yeah. is not no yeah <laughs> they uh found our test and start taking swings like this no. is crowd yeah, was so, okay and i mean i it's it's a wrestling crowd. Maybe they would have been okay with it. Um, <laughs> fair enough. That's fair enough. The, yeah. So I, I I think I really. I mean, it, they set up the feud very well before the match. The match delivered, um, and then the post match stuff built on top of it. Yeah, uh, and then establish things going forward uh, afterwards as well. Uh, Drew, what did you think of the main event? Um, as JVZ said, uh, they spent am- ample time uh, ringside in crowd, uh, not in ring, um, and sort of did that right. So that was all well and good. And it's like the the final match should be a culmination of the card, right? It should be one where you get a very high level of like really good wrestling. You should have two wrestlers that really know what they're doing and can really sell well and have that sort of play. You should have good emotion into it. You see the people um, really getting into it throughout the entire match, which is, you know, you have, if you can get people, if you can get the crowd very, very invested to the point where like you see people like randomly standing up and like, just in the middle of the match, just angry about things like that's, that's a good sign um, to me in any wrestling match. And then you, you get that feeling in the match that like, this is what this promotion is about, right? You get the, they're outside the ring. They're a lot of high flying stuff and there's no, there's the no DQ there. It's, it's at the ref's discretion whether there's a disqualification. Um, <laughs> and there, there was, was say multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> Every match, at least twice, um, which is fine. Cause you get that. Like, and that's cool. I, I really, I really dig when a promotion can say like, this is what we're going to hang our hat on. And the final match should leave you with a good taste in your mouth and wanting more. And this did that. If you have a bad, if you have a bad final match, if you have a bad final track, if you have a bad final anything in something like this that like bad you're creating, you want to set up, like you don't want to come back. 
right? Like, you've got to have a good moment at the end. And this was solid wrestling all around. It was a solid story all around. And it ended it ended really, really solidly. And, yeah. and it was me going, all right, I had fun this evening. And that's what you want to end with is you want to end with a fun match. That's also good wrestling. Yeah. So. And then it did, did a good bit of establishing the showdown upcoming uh, between Eddie Kingston and, and Sammy Callahan, which I, I want to, I want to see, <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but I want to see that uh, contest. And I might, I may just purchase uh, that event uh, for my own perusal. <laughs> Not even for anybody else to watch, but for myself, uh, just to see that contest. And they they did have a nice little back and forth between the two guys. Uh, nice little uh, aside from Eddie Kingston uh, proclaiming that uh, they must have not have told Paul must not have told taught Sammy how to uh, swallow, <laughs> uh, which was interesting. Uh, and and nice little jabs, nice little back and forth playing that up. Uh, which has done well and capped off the 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 show pretty well. Uh, and I'll ask you guys, I'll ask you, JVZ, what did you think of at the end of the day? Uh, what do you think of the event overall? What, how did you feel walking away from this event? Um, I think whenever you kind of introduce somebody to a new thing, it doesn't help whenever they leave kind of wondering what they just watched. Uh, I, I think AAW does a really good job of making sure that people, if you watch the show all the way through, you leave understanding that there's an identity that the, that the promotion has. And uh, you're not left confused. You know what's coming next. You know what happened. You know what happened before the show. And uh, like that, it's there's no confusion. There's... Um, they do a really good job of establishing the basis. So whether you actually enjoyed the action or not, um, you at least knew what you, you at least know what you're going to get from an AAW show. And, uh, and I, I definitely enjoyed what I saw. I know that the next time I tune into an AAW show, I'm going to enjoy that as well because I understand what AAW is now. I understand the types of wrestlers that I'm going to see there. I entire understand the types of matches I'm going to see. Um, It's not a whole lot different than a lot of the other wrestling promotions that I've seen as a guest on this show, but I think they do a much better job of telling me what they are and showing me what they are than a lot of those other promotions do. So overall, I'm really satisfied. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Drew, what, what did you feel... Uh, at the end, what was your what were what the, are your conclusive thoughts at the end of this? The, novel? Reason, the reason I chuckled is that this is very much different than some of the stuff I've been given, which is one the static shot card that you gave me, yes. um, which I can't even remember the name of that promotion. But dear lord, uh, um, beyond wrestling, beyond okay, and then static shot was bad, um, and then the. The old time of promotion, right? Um, which was great, um, and funny, but like not like this. Like this is very much like this is the indie wrestling that like you could you could put it. If this was a concert, 
this would be a fair opening band to like the NXTs and the WWEs, right? Because the production quality was top notch and coming in who's somebody new, if you're a wrestling promotion and you're hearing the sound of my voice and you want to make people interested in indie wrestling that are not, that think it's just an also ran step your game up. These guys did throughout the entire thing. Um, multiple, multiple cameras and multiple guys that are willing to run those cameras in this day and age, not super hard in my opinion to find. Um, and even if the cameras aren't as like high fidelity, like you can still get more cameras on the ring. Right. So, and the commentary was top notch. It let you know everything going on. And the entire way I was, I definitely found myself, understanding the characters and investing myself in, okay, I know what's going on. Like, and that's really important to establish because in this day and age, in the internet, in the manner in which you're dealing with this, anybody can come in and see the thing that you're doing. And if you're not an established name and an established product, you have to make sure you establish yourself to those people. And I think they did a brilliant job at that. If you notice the entire way through, usually when I'm on this show, I've noticed that there's at least a couple of matches, even the season vets in PD and DJM will go, oh, this match wasn't good. Or oh, this was this was not great. This was I did not like the wrestling in this or like they didn't do something well. Props to AAW for getting it right. Yeah. From start to finish. Yeah, a good, consistent show from start to finish. Uh, Deej, what would be your takeaway? What, what are your thoughts at the end of uh, this show and the end of uh, AAW, our look at AAW? Positives? Start to finish, there was nothing bad. Uh, everything was solid and well executed. Uh, the only production issue I had was at the very, very, very beginning of the show, and there was apparently an issue with the sound system. But again, if something happens in the first minute of the first match of the show, I'm going to be like, all right, whatever. I, I will let that go. Um, I would say for uh, a few points I would take away, um, the women's tag team match was good, but uh, it was just kind of there by itself. Uh, usually shows will have maybe two women's matches as opposed to just one. Um, maybe in the future that probably changes. And also I mentioned all of the things that I enjoyed from Dave Prezak on commentary. However, PD Rave, <laughs> we must talk about Dave Prezak's partner on commentary, Jerome Cusson. Um, this gentleman, he clearly knew the material, knew how to tell the story, uh, and was keeping up with Dave Prezak to his credit. However, it was very clear that he had a bit of a speech impediment. And it stood out to me and to my ears uh, through the entire show as someone who appreciates the art of broadcasting. Uh, whether it's television, radio, all of those things. Hearing Jerome Cusson's speech impediment throughout the show really started to grate on me. And it was not a good look on the part of AAW. So uh, even though he, he knew the material, 
him being on play by play doing the commentary was probably not the best choice. Perhaps it was short notice, but uh, not the greatest option. He did mention that uh, it was not him. That's the normal part of the commentary team. It was Derek St. Holmes usually. But yeah. Yeah. Mm, (laughs) Sorry, Jerome Cousin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sure you're a great guy. You, You definitely sound like you know you're wrestling, but listening to you throughout the show really started to grate on me. Uh, I may have shared with the group chat a certain uh, classic cartoon cat that it reminded me of. See, uh, we were I was trying to keep it classy, Petey. I know, I know. But I was trying you know to be classy. You know me. Trying to be trying to be professional. You know me. Still the same I'll OG. Say it, it didn't bother me. I noticed yeah. I noticed it, but it didn't really bother me. Yeah, it didn't um, bother me it, as much, but yeah, it, it was definitely something. It, was it like, really got to me. I mean, was, maybe, maybe it's just maybe it's just because it's the Deej and I've got the radio voice, and I don't know. It, well, it, by the end, he was really just like, oh, I can't listen. I just thought but it was comical. Dave yeah. is, it, it really started to bug me. I think I kind of go into these expecting to hear a diverse set of um, diverse, or I go into each different show expecting that I'm going to hear not the same type of commentary, not the same traditional type of commentator that you would hear on a football broadcast where a lot of them kind of sound, they kind of blend into each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I understand yeah, it, that these are not necessarily the most, you know, the, the absolute top of the line ones, which is why I was a little bit surprised when I heard DJ Prezak being the exception. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and, and why I was kind of pleasantly surprised with the overall content of the commentary in general, just because I had gotten so used to, um, commentators focusing more on, on, uh, acting excited and, uh, commentators that were more fans than commentators um which is which is still a good thing um yeah. you know if they're not excited then we're not going to be excited either yeah. <laughs> but uh but oh, yeah. i i mean it just it didn't really bother me i, I think maybe i've because I've, I've also heard commentators that had lisps and other other if you um, other impediments <laughs> before and it just never bothered me in the past I, I mean i think nfl network had mike mayock on commentary for a while and i think he's kind of no, not notorious for his list but i mean he yeah. people under know and understand that he has a lisp and i think everybody just kind of gets over it after a while yeah, uh, yeah it, it's definitely understandable but yeah overall top so, solid promotion in AAW, uh, pro wrestling evolved. Uh, it, pro wrestling redefined, not evolved. That's a different promotion. Uh, pro wrestling redefined. Uh, be sure to check out AARWrestling.com to get info on The Art of War on the 19th. If you want to see Sammy Callahan versus Eddie Kingston, you can go see it in person. And like Eddie Kingston will make a face at you. And, and Sammy Callahan will make an even more hilarious face at you. Uh, and then Eddie Kingston will, will say some things and it'll be fun. Uh, go check it out. Smartmarkvideo.com as well. Uh, as we bring it on home, we learn a fantastic, another fantastic fanny pack wrestling podcast. JVZ, uh, ask you real quick. What do you got going on on the internet? 
Um, earlier today, I recorded some some videos of an XCOM playthrough that I'm doing with Kaz and Curly and some of the other people at Drunkards Gaming. Um, so look for that on their YouTube channel. That's going to be really fun. Uh, also, along with King Kaz, everybody's friend here. Um, <laughs> I'm doing a sports show called Sports Odds and Ends. And uh, one of our more recent episodes featured DJM and Drew, who are here with us. And uh, that way we finally got that episode edited and out. Um, and we also have recorded another one. So uh, we're getting back into the groove of recording and content creation putting out these episodes just like this show so yeah yeah content creation uh drew what do you got going on on the internet um right now on the internet the only thing i got going on besides my twitter to pimp extras for x um for all the the hate um that you want to throw my way um you could also check out and level hate to uh record breakers uh, for uh, record breakers on the Twitter's recordbreakerspodcast.com. Um, we are also on YouTube where probably I say once every other month we get like a very hateful comment about how our opinions on music are wrong, which is always fun. Um, yes. I don't think you've made it on the internet until you had somebody write an entire paragraph about how your opinion on tool is wrong. So yeah, um, that's, that's the thing that I do here with, uh, the PD Rave, yeah. and uh, we have a fun time talking about music. Yeah. So this this, this upcoming Tuesday's episode is going to be fascinating because we the these guys, him and the other two guys on the show, get to talk about Celia Cruz. This upcoming Tuesday, that's going to be the episode comes out. Spoiler alert: bunch of white guys talking about uh, music, Salsa. not English. So yes. have Salsa fun with that music, one. which is fun. Uh, but yeah, time to bring it on home. Uh, of course. I'm Petey Rave. The man over there is uh, DJM. Uh, Deej, Petey? Petey. what do we got going on? I, I don't normally do this because I hate talking about myself. Yes. But I'm going to pull a Dixie Carter here, Petey, and say your old buddy, the Deej, has a big announcement coming very, very soon. Stay tuned to Twitter at Just Call Me DJM. Like a tribe called Quest, at just called me DJM. Delta Julia, Mike Media's going places. Big things are happening. Stay tuned. Did you just pull a Johnson? You motherfucker. Yes. yes. He just pulled a Johnson. Uh, though he's not familiar. Uh, he's a just called me in DJM. Re- I'm, I'm in Petey. wrestling terms, it's a Dixie Carter. Yes. Darling. Uh, I'm Petey Rave. The show is Fanny Pack WP, FannyPackWrestling.com, Repelli.net for those other shows, Repelli TV on YouTube, and Twitch as well. I'm going to try to do some more streaming in the future. Uh, So check out those things. Uh, But that's it. Until next time. Hasta los huevos. And buenos nachos.
Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>